Disability Talks with Shane. Talking all things disability. Today I'm chatting with a local area coordinator who also works at the Troy Pinney House for the NDIS, Susan Rapturous. Susan, welcome to Disability Talk. Great. Thanks for inviting me onto the podcast, Shane. What is a local area coordinator and what duties do you carry out? Okay, so a local area coordinator, Shane, is, is a person, you know, such as myself, who meets with people with disabilities as the first port of call. So once someone gets uh, access into the NDIS, generally speaking, they would come to a local area coordinator such as myself. We would meet with them, um, have a chat, see, you know, what their disabilities are, what their needs are, um, and just work through some of the issues that they may have with their life, basically. Um, and then we go away and put a, a plan together. As you know, we've had many discussions and uh, put a plan together. And then once the planning then goes off to the NDIS, it comes back to us as a local area coordinator to support um, the participants in engaging with providers, getting their plans started, um, and just in general being of help to them, you know, over the course of that plan. How long have you been involved with the NDIS and the disability sector? Um, I've been involved with the NDIS now for three and a half years. Um, I never had a disability background. I'm a hairdresser by trade, actually. Um, but over the course of, you know, most of my um, life with my kids from the time my kids were born, um, a group of our friends, which we're still friends with 35 years later, all had, um, there was a couple of them that had children with disabilities. So we sort of grew up seeing the struggle, seeing, you know, what happens, what, what they have to do and how they have to go about different things all the way through to, we're still very good friends now. So... I've been watching, you know, what's happened since our kids were little. So I've sort of had um, a connection through that. Um, and it gives you, a instead of being someone who's just trained in the, the industry, it gives you an insight into actually what struggles people have, which is, is for me, is a very good thing. What are some of the challenges faced with a disability sector? Well, I reckon every dis every disability sector has challenges, and unfortunately, each disability faces different challenges. So, I guess um, people with disabilities, the main channel main challenge they would face is wanting to be treated no differently to anybody else. So, they want to be seen and be treated the same as a person that doesn't have a disability and don't see themselves as, as people that should be treated any differently. I think that's that's the biggest challenge in life overall. Um, but, you know, in general, every disability has a different challenge. So it's very hard to, you know, um, pick uh, different, you know, actual challenges. What about plans being rolled over due to the backlog? Um, I think that the NDIS are trying hard to catch up with um, planning that's, that's been, um, you know, overdue because of the backlog. And it's an unfortunate thing, but, you know, it, it sort of happens Australia-wide at different periods of time. So, um, yeah, it's, I suppose, lack of staff, lack of being able to find staff, uh, 
you know, there's a range of reasons why it happens, none of which um, should ever um, impact on the, the participants. And I guess the way they've worked it is they've been able to do an auto extend on most people's plans, which means that they don't miss out on funding until the plan is, is approved with the backlog. So they put in, put in more funding, keep the plan going until such time that, you know, the new plan is done. So I guess it works out. Is that the same when they used all their supports and that or what happens in no. that way? No. Generally speaking, Shane, with a, with a plan, um, if, if someone, let's say someone has, I don't know, um, $5,000 for a support worker for a year and they use it in six months, generally speaking, that would be something that they wouldn't just replace because it's been overused unless, of course, there are reasons for that to have occurred. So if the person suddenly had a change and suddenly had to use more support, then what the best situation for that person to do would be to contact, if they've got a support coordinator, their support coordinator, or contact their uh, local area coordinator such as myself and say, Sue, I'm having, I'm having some difficulties and, and I'm needing to use my supports a little more. I'm, I'm worried that I'm going to run out that's the time that we would then look at alternatives either out in the community <clears throat> or um, back through the NDIS again. What happened if people move interstate and and how did that all work? Will they change local area coordinators? Yes, again, absolutely they would, uh, even if you change local government areas. So let's say you moved to, I don't know, to Moonee Pond. You would be in a in a in a different local area, um, local government area. So what would happen is you would you would call your LAC and say, "Oh, Sue, I'm moving to da da da," and then I would change the address in in the system, and then I would alert our team leader who sends off a change of LGA to the LGA that you are moving to, and then a new local area coordinator would be appointed and. Generally speaking, there would be what they call a warm handover. So they, we would contact each other and have a discussion about things in the plan and how things are going and, and what needs there are. It must be satisf satisfying and challenging at the same time working with the uh, sector. Can you share a exa a ex ex an example. example that had made it worthwhile? Absolutely. So the NDIS is full of, of challenges. It changes every day. We're, we're, you know, given changes all of a sudden that need to come into, into fruition straight away and, and we have to work on these. So it's, it's a very challenging space. But at the same time, it's on, on the, the whole, it's very gratifying when you, this morning is, is a classic example because I received a phone call from a gentleman. He's an older gentleman in his um, early 60s. And um, he ha is, had polio, he's in a wheelchair and for most of his life, he's, for the last 10 years, he's gone to the local swimming pool and had a shower because he hasn't been able to use the shower in his home to manoeuvre himself to get in the shower or the toilet. So it's been a very difficult thing. He rang me this morning to let me know that his bathroom modification that we put in his last plan has been completed and that he was so happy that... For once in his life, he could roll in and get in the shower. So 
he was he was really happy and and that's really gratifying that's great neat to hear that mm, no it's very it is really gratifying when you you know you help someone through different things and 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 that's just one it, it happens every day you know you you help somebody and and then it all comes off as you hope um and it's fantastic and then you do get some sometimes that are very disappointing at the same time and you know, generally, you know me. Generally, I try very, very hard uh, to help people where I can, and sometimes it's met with disappointment. The same, so I guess it's just you just got to keep working through it. How has COVID affected your your job? It actually probably didn't affect us greatly at all, Shane. It, it's um, on the whole, most of us were able to, including the NDIS itself because I actually work for La Trobe Community Health which is partnered with the NDIS so um, technically I don't work for the NDIS but we're partners. So both the NDIS and, and ourselves um, have been able to uh, go home to work and um, been able to continue our jobs with um, doing most of the things over the phone. Um, and video meetings and just like when we did your uh, POI the other day, you know, catching up to, you know, trying to uh, get things done as, as best way we can. So it hasn't really hampered us at all. It's not as nice as when we're in the, in the office, though, and, and meet with people face-to-face. It's always nice to know the people that you're working with, but it hasn't really stopped us from being able to do our job. Face-to-face was the best way to do it all. Yeah, absolutely, Shane. And I'm sure, um, you know, in your experience, how, how have you found the difference between, you know, initially our first meeting and these, particularly perhaps the last um, planning because it was done over the phone? How have you found the differences with that? I prefer face-to-faces. We actually see each other and more interactive. Yeah, agreed. If somebody with a disability is experiencing problems with their plan, what should they do? All right. So first thing they should do, if they have a support coordinator, they should contact them. They're their first port of call if they have one. If they don't have a support coordinator, then what the next next thing to do would be to contact their LAC. And then, you know, on the depending, every area has different LACs, like different um uh, like we're La Trobe Community Health and they're in Frankston, let's say, they're Brotherhood of St Lawrence. And, you know, in all different areas, there are different um, health situations which are partnered with the NDIS, as in local area coordinators. So they should contact their local area coordinator through uh, whatever contact number they're in, not the NDIS direct, they should contact their LAC. Once they have a chat with their LAC, then... The LAC would, if it was me particularly, I would try and work through whatever the issue is. The best thing for the participant to do is to explain the problem really well. So explain exactly what the problem is, not just, you know, what they want from the problem, but to to explain exactly what the problem is so that then the LAC can understand not only the difficulty that they're having, but what the problem is, why the difficulty is occurring, and then that just makes it easier. Susan, it's been a great having you on the podcast. Thanks very much for your time. That's okay, Shane. I hope I've been of help to yourself and also 
those that are listening that um, the NDIS is a good good place to be and it can provide some very good support. So local areas like coordinators like myself are around everywhere and people have just got to give them a, give them a call and have a chat. It's the easiest way. Thank you. No worries, Jane. I hope you all have learned something good today from listening to that local area coordinator. Thanks for listening to This Really Talk with Shane. Ciao for now. That was another episode of Disability Talk with Shane. For more episodes, check us out on Spotify or check us a like on socials. Mm-hmm.